Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Sometimes I have to remind myself that Go See a Show is not a review podcast. My job is not to tell you what you should or shouldn't see because, let's face it, all indie theater has its merits, and I'm just a member of the community who puts out this podcast to keep the conversation going about what we make and why we make it. But sometimes I see a show that, frankly, I firmly believe everyone, theater maker, theater lover, and civilian alike, really should see. This is one of those shows. I spoke with the cast and some of the creative team behind New Light Theater Project's The American Tradition after a recent performance. Take a listen. I do love to start with, I love that everyone's here. This is amazing. So let's just go around the room, like tell me who you are and what you did on The American Tradition. And I'm gonna start over here because you wrote the thing. Hi, my name is Ray Yamanoche, I'm the playwright. I'm Alex Harold. I played the role of Mr. Walsh. My name is Danny Steele and I play Rose. Sydney Cole Alexander and I played Eleanor. Hunter Canning play the Sheriff, Buckley, and Henry. Axel Avon Jr., director. I'm Martin K. Lewis. I played Bill. Enrico De Trizio, music and sound. And so um, I'm gonna be like, I'll go around here, guys. Like, don't worry about like being up in the mic. It'll it'll definitely get you. So just talk, don't worry. And uh, that other sound uh, that is the radiator playing yes. the role of heat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so if you that, hear that going on, uh, it's not somebody breathing heavily. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're at the 13th Street Rep, and um, who who wants to give me like the the quick down and dirty like when you tell somebody on the street you ran into like, oh, come see my show. What do you tell them they're coming to see when you say come see the American tradition? I love when the playwright's like, no, I won't do it. Axel. Yeah, sure. So uh, the American tradition is a re-examination of American racial traditions, past and present. Yeah, tight. Okay. And that's probably the best way to kind of intrigue people into this. Now, um, I want to do a spoiler-free episode uh, because this should be to entice people to come and see your show. Um, I, I don't quite know exactly how to do that because there's so much going on in this piece and it's an incredibly timely piece. It is a very great mixture of styles. There's like so many wonderful things I could say about this. Um, I want to maybe point the mic back at the playwright to give us a little bit of where this came from for you, okay. uh, other than you know just the state of the United States at the moment. Uh, what was the impetus to write this play? Um, well, the idea came, I think, much like a lot of these sort of quote-unquote political plays. It was the uh, tail end of the 2016 election, and um, you know, the obviously the rhetoric was really upsetting, but I was uh, talking to my brother, and he was reading this story, the fugitive slave story um, about Ellen and William Craft. And which, this is a real story. This is a real which, story, yeah. yeah. Um, basically, Ellen Craft, who is a very light-skinned black woman, um, and her husband, William, they, who is dark-skinned, they t travel openly by train and car and steamboat uh, to freedom because she dresses up, Ellen dresses up as a white slave holder, um, and her and Bill as a personal slave. Anyway. So he told me about this crazy story, and immediately I realized there's just so much to unpack that within our modern context. And so from there, I just sort of, it was off to the races, basically. Style is a big part of this, at least for me as an audience member, like watching this. I, um, I'm also a director, and so I was really intrigued watching this, thinking like, 
well, hell, what came from the script? What came from Axel? What did you find via like developing this thing in the room? Because this is the, the world premiere, correct? Yeah. So, uh, how did you find the style of this? And let's let's like kind of go back and forth here. Um. Well, I already knew I wanted to make a Brechtian, so... Okay, so you called that. Yeah, Sweet. yeah. okay. Yeah, I, well, I said it must utilize the alienation effect, right. a.k.a. it should be in a Brechtian style. Um, and anyone who's a student of Brecht who's never seen the A effect, this is a very good example of it. it if you've never seen it done right, they did it right. Well, thank you very much. Um, so that was baked in, into the script, but, you know, the sort of flares... Uh, which I guess I shouldn't ruin, but all that. Oh, but there's flair. Yeah, there's a lot of flair, and that's all of that is Excel. Sweet. So, like, <laughs> this is where I come over to Excel and be like, ha I, something I love about watching a play that has this kind of this this play knows what it is and it leans into it uh, yes. in a in a beautiful way, and sometimes. Uh, it can be hard to get a cast on board with that because this is not necessarily like kitchen sink naturalism. Um, yeah. Talk to me about directing this with, I mean, it's obviously you have a brilliant cast, uh, which helps, but talk to me about like how you get them to that place. Um, so for me, it was really about having two trains running at the same time. One being the narrative of the story, and then the second one being the production itself. Um, so what I, what I did was really, was really important for me was to lay the groundwork in the truth of the narrative. So we spent a good amount of time relative to our entire rehearsal period just at the table and really doing pretty in-depth um, script analysis work so that I was assured that the actors were always assured of what was going on in any given scene. Then it's a matter of like layering on top of that the production. Um, so then, you know, it was a process of playing with the truth of the narrative but then finding opportunities just to theatrical, theatricalize any particular moment and to bring it out and to heighten it. So it was a matter for me going through the text seeing what are any given moments that extra commentary can be made, up, can be made on. Um, so there are a lot of moments that necessarily weren't written into the script as sides, as commentary, but I just saw the window of opportunity, took it, and with a great you know, gung-ho cast who just went with me and believed in my craziness and my crazy <laughs> ideas, just executed them. And um, a design team, obviously. And an too. incredible because design team. I love team. how the yeah. sound, like, again, I'm a sound guy as yeah. well, and like, I love how the sound commented yeah. on uh, some of Alex's speech, which is so great, <laughs> yeah. with, with the sound that was going on with them. So, uh, beautiful work there, sir. Thank you so much. Enrico's <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Enrico, my go-to go -to sound designer. He, he was my pick on this production. Mm. I had to have him on here because I knew that just what we're trying to do, given our, our budget and whatnot, that sound would be a, a, a crucial part of the storytelling. So I knew from the very beginning, if anything, I needed a great sound designer to really link this all together and to kind of take us on the journey. Yeah, if you're an aficionado of uh, downtown theater, you will uh, be very appreciative of uh, how much they do in a limited space. And that is not a knock on anything, it's just this, I love, what I love about indie theater is that, you know, give us 14 channels, uh, two speakers, and a couple of actors in a bare space, and 
bam like you know yeah. we can we can do some shit and you yeah, guys no, Enrico was shit. always kind of quietly working and we didn't even know it while we were rehearsing our first few rehearsals at one point someone was like I think XL was like Enrico Enrico and he's like oh, I'm sorry I was listening to explosions for the past <laughs> <five minutes."> <laughs> 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 always doing stuff yeah amazing this is so um I want to maybe bring it down for a moment. Uh, maybe this is that moment in the podcast. So uh, this is some this is some heavy shit. Like this is some heavy, heavy shit. And uh, the play opens with uh, saying like, "Yeah, we're gonna go there. This is we're really gonna fucking go there. Um, going there is hard. It's really hard. It's hard for an audience. Um, but I can only imagine what it's like to be in the room." Uh, talk to me about like you you all obviously are lovely people who obviously all love each other and trust each other um, implicitly otherwise I don't think you could have made this thing together talk to me about the room like how do you how do you make that happen what is that alchemy at least for this group it's a lot of laughter I, mm. I, I'm finding it's a lot of laughter and a lot of conversation um, opening up about what's uh, confusing or uh, asking questions and um, people being willing to, to listen and, and answer. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's helpful for me. That's been helpful for me. Um, for me, I really liked how the top of our rehearsal process, um, Excel, really let us have a space where we were able to talk about the fact that there was, you know, the N-word used over and over and over again. And he allowed it to be a space where we could talk to each other about how that made us feel and still know that we had to honor the story and continue onward. Um, I know for me, when I was preparing for the audition, I had to think about my own privilege and my own light skin and to bring everything that I feel into the room without allowing it to stop me from storytelling. And to remember that I'm here to tell a story and I need to bring every piece of you know feeling I have but that there's something more important than me that you know in the beginning when we talk about who we're doing the show for like I keep that in mind all throughout the process all throughout the play why am I telling the story and who am I telling it for and that to me is just like lifts me up and is a motor all throughout the play um I know uh, you know it was very difficult for me it was uh, I you know I definitely, I, I went home and I, I shaked and I cried and I, I considered it, um, it was the right choice um, because I am African American and uh, in, this is my people's history mm -hmm. and I want to honor my people always and um, you know, so it, it was hard, but I felt like it was a conversation that needed to be had. It's a broader conversation than just uh, speaking about slavery or antebellum time period. It, it, it speaks to what's happening today. Yeah. Um, using America's, you know, great sin of slavery um, to talk about what's still happening today. And I thought that that was very important and I appreciated uh, Ray as an ally writing this script and uh, bringing that conversation, making that a possibility, especially f uh, for, you know, here in New York too, because I feel like oftentimes people can think, you know, well, I live in New York, yeah. so I'm not racist. Not racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that, and, and I was uh, saying some, to my other, some of my other uh, cast and, and crew members as well that like, um, this is a history 
that uh, Americans don't want to really acknowledge, and it needs to be acknowledged. We're not. It cannot be uh, swept under the rug, and we can't keep pretending that doing that is going to get us to this post-racial existence. It, we have to talk about what this stuff is, and um, this is one of the ways to do it. So I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that the theater allows us that. Yes. You know. Yeah. And. I, you, you brought up the term ally, which I, as someone who, you know, is, uh, or tries to occupy that space and, and probably fails more often than I care to admit, um, this examined allyship yes. in mm -hmm. a really uh, critical way uh, that made me, as again, someone who tries to fill that space, uh, feel, uh, I guess, correctly uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just gonna call us all out for the white gents. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it, it explores gender and race equally and the hierarchy between both of them, which I was very interested by. Um, I reiterate what Sydney said earlier. Uh, it was really great to talk about the use of the N word from day one because my character, especially, oh, is the God, biggest violator. Yeah. Um, and I think of him as kind of like a clown at first. Um, like it's kind of what he says is very harsh and it's hard for the audience to hear that and it i feel like it undercuts like how uh threatening he is but at the same time the ease at which it comes out of his mouth is also equally disgusting so i don't know i give kudos to excel and ray for you know having a firm vision on the style of the play throughout um and i feel like it keeps the audience engaged uh and keeps them from being turned off uh with the way that they've done it um and also another cool thing about the play is how I think it explores like how racism can get coded mm -hmm. and it gets coded by people and by politicians especially and that kind of is explored towards the end of the play and throughout um, where you hear different language that isn't saying like slavery or racism or black or white but it's it might be economic language or it might be you know demographic language or whatever um, and I feel like that's one of the broader messages of the play that I think is really relevant to today. Um, I will say that as a biracial person, um, I won't name the person in my family, but they exited the show saying, oh my God, I've said things like that. And from Buckley's character, from the well-meaning, loving, trying to support, you know, side of things. And when I had tried to speak to this person about how it made me feel or what they were really saying, I was like, I get what you're trying to say, but this is what you're really saying. They felt attacked and it wound up being like a point of conflict between us. I felt very frustrated, like I wasn't heard and that, you know, I just kind of felt ostracized in my family. So I think that that, you know, whole talk about being an ally and seeing such a lovely character slip up is so important because the audience can see it from a fresh point of view where they're not being attacked. They can observe it from a safe distance. And that allowed that person in my family to be able to admit like, oh my God, I never meant to be that way, but I, but I am. And so I think that's one of my favorite parts about theater is that space that you have where you can, you know, look through the keyhole. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's uh, one of the reasons I said I was, I was so excited about this script upon reading it as for this track, because there's three different parts that I'm playing, is really playing like both sides of the coin. You know, this one with Buckley examining this sort of 
the white male privilege. He's an ally, but he's got a little bit of that millennial blind spots, you know? And then with Henry, who is not that, very uh, the opposite of it, that, um, his deep-seated racism, but also he, he, he's able to quantify it and justify it and give a, log a, a frighteningly logical argument for it. Uh, and that was terrifying to uh, approach. Um, but I really, that's, you know, why we do what we do is we have to explore what is utterly frightening. And if it has the, um, the capability of getting the audience to question their own behavior, um, I think is, is pivotal and vital right now. It, it, there's at this point I don't really see any other reason to to do theater if it's not actually asking important questions and and getting people to activate you know lots of heads nodding which is awesome <laughs> so I uh, I want to just kind of open it up what what haven't we covered that that would anyone in, around here would, would, would feel like should be on the mic? Um, um, uh, so in the in the play, there's uh, a monologue that I'm I'm still trying to figure out. And I was talking with Ray and and, and working with our, our fearless director here. Uh, I've been trying to wrap my head around the idea that there are people in this world who both have this skin color, my skin color, black, and also uh, and and see it and see that color as, uh, as a punishment or as a prison um, uh, and trying to communicate that um, or trying to also understand how I feel about that. Um, this play has given me the, the opportunity to do that um, and it's also given me the opportunity to, to look out into the audience and see how this shit is affecting them. And that, 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 that specific experience, it changes every night, and each night is surprising. Mm. Each night it's like, oh shit, I didn't know that, you know, um, I didn't realize that, that this, this is funny, you know, or I didn't realize that this is heartbreaking. Does that make sense? Or, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's an interesting show to put in front of people. Like, you know, we, we spend a lot of times, like, you know, with, just with ourselves, just, exploring this and getting used to the language and getting used to the story and to a certain degree I, th I think we became desensitized to the potency of this you know and really like exploring oh how can we make this cool and funny and interesting this moment um and when we were hit with that first audience it even took me aback I was like oh that's right these are black people hearing the n-word <laughs> in a white man's yeah. mouth who don't haven't read the script who don't know what it's about um so it made me become like hyper aware of how sensitive we need to be in the journey that we're taking the audience on. And I do think, you know, as we are warming up into the audience, you know, being brought into the fold of the play that we're embracing that dialogue now. And I, and I believe that as the play goes on, 
it will be interesting to explore every night what the different nuances and the makeups of the audience create and how that bounces off. And it's all it's all valid. It's all legitimate. You know, whether someone is turned off or excited or they laugh or they cry, like it's all good. It's all there. It's it's all put out for those um, emotions to be evoked. Um, so I think it's an, it's an exciting journey and kind of dialogue between audience and actors and creators so yeah it's, it's interesting it's exciting <laughs> <laughs> well i'm excited that i get to chat with you about it and uh i'm very excited that i was here tonight so uh thank you all for for having me join you for this and thank you for hanging out and talking the show is the american tradition we're at the 13th street repertory theater uh, New Light Theater Project is the company we're running through when, y'all? 16th. February 16th. And oh. tickets and more information can be found at Thank you all so much for doing this. Thank, thank, you. thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ray, Axel, Sydney, Hunter, Alex, Martin, Danny, and Enrico for hanging out after the show to chat and for having such an honest, candid conversation about the difficult questions that your show raises. You, dear listener, can and really should go see The American Tradition at 13th Street Repertory, 50 West 13th Street in Manhattan through February 16th, 2019. Head to newlighttheaterproject.com, that's theater with an E-R, for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Brilliant. Love. Awesome. And there was wine. Michael provided you wine. This is great. Thank you. Yeah. And me beer.